My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers country. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. Welcome back to the 2017 season. The Steelers are in training camp, and Steeler Country is back for the 2017 season. I know I promised you guys more podcasts in the offseason. Uh, last podcast I think I did was the, the pre-season, or pre uh, free agency podcast. I apologize for that. You know, life sometimes gets in the way, especially in the off season. Um, but we are back. We are back from now until the Super Bowl weekly. Uh, we're doing weekly podcasts from here on out. Uh, tonight, I want to start with a position by position evaluation uh, of the team. We'll start with the offense tonight. You know, I didn't get to do any free agency podcast. Didn't get to do a post draft or pre draft podcast, um, which is kind of sad. And I have a lot to say about that stuff. So I think the best way to address that is just go position by position. We can talk about it, where the Steelers fit or where these players fit onto the Steeler roster. Um, we can do a position evaluation. We'll start with the offense tonight, and let's start right at quarterback. Right, uh, One of the last things we talked about on this podcast uh, was Ben Roethlisberger. Would he, won't he retire? Um, he will not retire. He is coming back for the 2017 season. And, and look, he, he's not making any you know plans about 2018 or 2019, but he's coming back for 2017, and, and that's awesome. Um, because really, when you think about it, you know the window for this team of when they can win a Super Bowl is, is rapidly closing, right? And, and it's... it's it's tough to say because this is a team that has a ton of talent on offense, a ton of talent on defense, a, de- a young defense that's up and coming, an offense that, that really is young in a lot of positions, um, and then again, an up and coming offense. But the problem is, you know, the window is closed if Ben Roethlisberger retires, right? Regardless of how good the offense is or how good the defense is, you know, this is not the 1990s NFL where, you know, you can run the ball and play defense. This is a quarterback driven league. I mean, it was then, right? It wasn't like, you know, Neil O'Donnell was winning a Super Bowl, but. Uh, in 2017, really, the, you know, the top teams, you look at the top four last year, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Ryan, um, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan. Uh, if you want to be a top team in this league, if you want to compete for the Super Bowl, for a championship, you have to have a top quarterback. And, you know, without Ben Roethlisberger, you know, Landry Jones ain't leading this team to a, to a title and probably neither is Josh Dobbs anytime soon. So, um, you know, the window closes if he's gone, but... It, it may be do or die for this team in 2017. We will see. Uh, but this team has a ton of talent and can certainly compete for that title. Uh, looking beyond Ben Roethlisberger, Landry Jones will take over as the presumed backup for this team. It, you know, you kind of knew this coming out of 2016. He was already the backup last year. Uh, no longer has to compete with Gradkowski. You know, he kind of takes over now as the veteran backup. Uh, good to see that the Steelers can actually turn Landry Jones into that backup because I know early in his career, and I think this is where a lot of the, the kind of vitriol or hate from Steeler Nation comes from, is, is how poor he played in, in preseason early in his career, right? He he saw a ton of preseason reps and never really looked that good. But, uh, you know, give the guy credit because when he gets on the field uh, in, in regular season games, um, he's not great, right? He's not a great quarterback. He'll never be a great quarterback, but he's a decent backup, um, and, and he's played that role. He, he won a game for us in Cleveland uh, at the end of last year, um, yeah, he's a he's an okay he's an okay player and an okay backup. The Steelers took quarterback Josh Dobbs in the fourth round, a uh, quarterback out of Tennessee. Uh, he will probably compete for that backup role. Uh, taking a quarterback in the fourth round usually means that they have some expectations for this guy, and so you know he will get a chance to compete and he will get a chance uh, 
you know, to, to potentially be the backup behind Ben Roethlisberger for this team. I, I like Josh Dobbs. I actually thought he was one of the more sleeper picks in the draft. Um, he's a smart kid. He's a, what is he, uh, he designs airplanes or whatever, uh, um, aero engineer. Uh, he played in some big games in the SEC, though, at Tennessee. Look, he, he wasn't a great SEC quarterback, and that's why he was picked in the fourth round uh, instead of the first or second. But um, he has decent value here. I, I think he's – look, he, he's got the tools to be a good, a good quarterback. He can run. He can pass. He's got a strong arm. He's got to make better decisions. Um, but he played in big games against big defenses, so I don't think he's going to have that kind of growing pains that a lot of quarterbacks do when, when they play in these college-style offenses and then they have to transition themselves to the NFL. He played against Alabama, right? He played against Florida. Um, he, he's, he's played against good defenses in his time, and so he played against LSU. So, look, he'll be able to transition that way, um, and he's a smart guy, so learning the playbook, that kind of thing, no problem, right? It's just about whether or not he is a, a true quarterback in this league, whether or not he can be a true quarterback, whether he, be, he can be a good quarterback in this league. He's got to make good decisions. He's got to make uh, the right throws. I think he's got the arm. He can do it. Um, it's just going to be about coaching him up and, and, you know, whether or not he has the quote-unquote it factor at quarterback. But I'm excited to see him compete. Um, I, I, like, I, like, I like the pick, and I think, uh, you know, having some competition there at quarterback or certainly for the backup role is something that Mike Tomlin likes, and it's good because it'll, it'll push Landry Jones, it'll push both these guys uh, to be better. So uh, that, that's it for quarterback. I mean, again, you know, if we're giving positional grades here, I mean, like the, the position is an A because Ben Roethlisberger is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. As a backup, you know, it kind of doesn't matter, right? If you're going to your backup quarterback in this league, it doesn't really matter. Uh, you're not winning a Super Bowl, and, and that's ultimately what I think the goal for this 2017 team is. So, um, so yeah, I give the quarterbacks an A. Moving on to running back, it's all about Le'Veon Bell's contract, isn't it? Uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, will play 2017 under the franchise tag. Uh, the Steelers and him could not work out a long-term deal. Um, he, you know, kind of famously a year ago released a mixtape in which one of the verses said he's uh, worth $15 million a year. Uh, and reports are, you know, about this contract negotiation that that is, in fact, what he was looking for. He was looking for $15 million a year, um, which, you know, in the grand scheme of things as a running back, you know, is, is almost double uh, what the next highest paid running back in the league makes. Uh, Buffalo's uh, running back, LaShawn McCoy, makes eight to nine mil a year. Uh, on his contract, so fifteen million dollars a year is is quite the premium over that. Um, but the Steelers, well, it, it, and I should say he, uh, Le'Veon Bell will be playing on the franchise tag this year, and, and that will pay him twelve twelve point something million dollars uh, for this year. So he'll be making uh, roughly twelve mil for the year. Uh, so again, that's a pre- again that's its own premium over over Lashawn McCoy, right? If the next best running back's making eight and he's making twelve, it's it's a pretty good deal for Le'Veon, regardless. But you know, let's go over what the reports are of the Steelers' deal that they offered him and what Le'Veon's looking for. And, and I do want to provide some context here as far as what this what this means for the for Le'Veon Bell's future with the Pittsburgh Steelers, because the, the reports are that the Steelers offered him a five year deal uh, that had thirty million dollars in the first two years of the deal and forty two in the first three. Right, so 15 mil a year, the 15 mil a year he wanted in those first two seasons, and then 12 mil in season three, and then then it would have been you know whatever it was, uh, eight or nine in the last two. Um, so not quite getting to where Le'Veon wanted, but certainly a hefty premium over what the Steelers are paying for the franchise tag. Right, the, if the Steelers were to franchise him again after this season, which I think that they will, that would mean that they'll have to pay him 14 million dollars. Uh, instead, of, instead of the twelve that they're paying him there here, so twenty six million over two years is what the Steelers have to pay him, no matter what, if they franchise him twice. They've all, he wants fifteen mil a year. They offered him thirty in the first two, which is four mil more than he would make if he just plays in the franchise tag. 
right? And, and then 42 over the first three. So Le'Veon is basically here, he, what he, you know, he's betting on himself that he can get a bigger contract, that he can play better in 2017 and, and earn that 15 mil a season. Um, and where, whereas the Steelers are saying, look, we will pay you more than we have to pay you in the franchise tag, right? We will give you the 15 mil a year. We will pay you the double of what LaShawn McCoy is making, just, but just for two years and then 12 uh, the next year. Um, you know, front load that contract a little bit, as you do with running backs, because again, running backs, uh, you know, as they get older, um, tend to, to fall off and fall off significantly. Um, so this is interesting. You know, I think, I think the Steelers gave what is, I think, a pretty fair deal and what has been, you know, widely considered a pretty fair deal to Le'Veon, and he turned it down because he, you know, he's pretty adamant that, that he wants that 15 mil a year. It's going to be tough for these two sides to come in on an agreement. You know, again, they're paying him 14 mil next year. Um, I think the year after would be like 18 million. So it does all of a sudden get, you know, kind of exorbitant. Um, I think though, if we're looking at this, we know, we know one thing, the Steelers will, Le'Veon Bell will be on the, on the Steelers this year and he will probably be on the Steelers next year. I think there's almost 95% certain he'll be on the Steelers next year. Something crazy would have to happen like him, you know, holding out for the season, something like that. Um, and I'm, I'm saying in 2018 for him to not be on this team. So, He'll be on this team this year and next year. Now, beyond that, whether or not they can actually work out this deal, I'm not sure, right? The Steelers are actually getting a discount over the next two years over, over what they've already offered him. A lot of people are talking about Le'Veon being dumb because of the injury thing and, oh, he's going to get injured and then his value is going to go down. Look, if injuries played a factor in this contract negotiation, it, it certainly doesn't come through with the numbers that are reported, right? Le'Veon Bell is a guy who has not, since his rookie year, finished an NFL season healthy. He has not finished an NFL season healthy. That Ravens playoff game, he was hurt. He was hurt the next year based uh, after Burfecht hit him. Last year, he got hurt against uh, Kansas City and, and had to take himself out in the New England game, right? He has not finished a season healthy since his rookie year. And yet the Steelers still offered him $15 million a year for the first two, 42 for the first three. That's not a contract you give to a guy who you think can't finish seasons, right? Who's, who's quote-unquote injury prone. You just don't give him that much money. So I don't, I don't think the injury thing plays a real role here. I think if you're thinking, oh, no, no, they're going to get a discount because he's going to get hurt again, I very much disagree, right? They, they are, the Steelers are certainly willing to pay for Le'Veon, but I, the, this whole idea that Le'Veon wants to be paid like a number one receiver, or excuse me, a number one running back and a number two receiver, you know, the Steelers are almost paying, almost offering him that. Um, but it's going to make these contract negotiations very, very difficult into the future. And I think the only way that, that Le'Veon's going to get a long-term deal here is if the Steelers were to like, you know, win the Super Bowl or get very, very close, get to the Super Bowl, but then Ben retires. And so all of a sudden, you know, the Steelers are going to be left with Ben retiring and losing Le'Veon to free agency. Um, I think then you could potentially see them working out a deal. You potentially could see them working out a deal at the end of 2018 and into 2019, it could be a way, although I, I would be very surprised, you know, if, if that happened because, again, Le'Veon playing on the franchise tag two years in a row is going to give him a lot of ill will towards this team and this franchise. So, whew, not a good situation for the Le'Veon Bell contract. But, again, we do know he'll be playing for this team this year and next year, so that's good. Uh, no D'Angelo Williams uh, at running back anymore. I, I said this on the last podcast we did that I thought D'Angelo uh, would, would go in free agency uh, just because of the age and, and the contract would – uh, just not be there for him. Um, that ended up being the case, right? The, the Steelers went with Niall Davis in free agency, uh, a running back from Kansas City. Uh, look, he had decent productivity with Kansas City. I don't think he was a bad running back by any stretch. Not a flashy guy, you know, not, not, a, not a big pickup in the offseason. He's got some kick return potential, though, which is nice because the Steelers haven't, haven't had a, a great kick returner in some time. Um, and he'll compete at the, at the backup running back position, but they also drafted James Conner. 
Uh, the Steelers drafted James Conner in the third round. Here's a big guy, a Steelers-type running back. You know, he's going to have comparisons to the bus. He runs with power. He's a big dude. Um, he's certainly a change of pace from what Le'Veon brings in. Um, questions about him are going to be about his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. It's such an important role of what, what a running back in Pittsburgh does, and Niall Davis has that ability. D'Angelo Williams had that ability. Uh, we have to see if James Conner has that ability. Um, the only issue I have with him is, is not necessarily you know anything about James Conner. It's just the fact that you know, he was a third-round pick, but he was the seventh running back taken in the draft. So you know, did we really get value there for James Conner um, in the third round? There's some questions there, right? Because there were so many running backs taken, and look, it was a it was a very deep draft for running back, right? There can be no mistaking that this was a very very deep draft at running back. Uh, but we'll see, you know, what James Conner can do. I think I think he's going to be uh, the presumed backup to Le'Veon going into camp, and, and him and Niall Davis will compete. And Fitzgerald Toussaint is there as well, and he returns. And and, and look, here's a guy who has a ton of experience on this team. Uh, he, he started multiple playoff games for this team. Um, so, you know, excited to see him in there. And again, it, it just means that running back is all of a sudden a position um, that has a decent amount of depth. They'll probably only keep three. Um, and so I think, you know, James Conner, because he's a third round pick, is kind of locked in to this roster. Obviously, Le'Veon is. And so Niall Davis is going to compete with Fitzgerald Toussaint. I think Niall Davis's ability to, to return kicks is really going to ultimately decide um, whether or not he makes this roster. Because if he can return kicks, it's, it's a no brainer. He has to make the roster. And it just means that, he, you know, we have, we have a ton of talent at running back again even without D'Angelo Williams there. And I think we're now three deep, where we previously have probably only been two deep uh, at running back. So a good position here. Again, I have to give the Steelers an A uh, at running back because Le'Veon Bell is the best in the league, and, and they've given themselves some real depth here going three deep at running back. Um, so the Steelers won't have a situation like they did in, in, uh, in Denver and, and Cincinnati two years ago when they were you know, starting Justin Todman uh, or, they, or a couple years before that or a year before that when they were starting uh, Ben Tate at running back, a guy who didn't even play on the, or wasn't even on the team. Um, the week before the game. So uh, an A at running back, that, there is a ton of talent there. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell, but, but the depth there is also very good. All right, let's move on to wide receiver. Oh, boy, there's unbelievable depth at this position. Unbelievable depth at wide receiver. First of all, the top of the list is, you know, it's A.B. It's the best wide receiver in football. Um, yeah, he's fantastic. You know, he had a, he had a quote-unquote down year last year um, in a year where he was the only viable real wide receiver on this team for, for the majority of the season thanks to the amount of injuries that the Steelers had. You know, Marcus Wheaton going down, Darius Hayward Bay going down, Sammy Coates getting hurt. Um, it ended up being Kobe Hamilton starting for the majority of the year at, at the outside receiver spot. And Eli Rogers did a good job at, at the slot receiver spot. But, boy, the number two receiver on this team really was Le'Veon Bell last year. Hopefully it won't be that way this year, right? Because the Steelers have their – so let's go over the returning guys from 2016. Uh, Marcus Wheaton is gone. He went to the Chicago Bears. Uh, but returning at wide receiver, Antonio Brown, Sammy Coates, Eli Rogers, who I thought – again, I thought did a great job in the slot last year. And we saw – Sam. I'll go back to Sammy Coates for a second. Sammy Coates, you know, really came, came out and played in, uh, in Kansas City – or against Kansas City and against the New York Jets. Um, those were two big games for him. Uh, he had some struggles against the Jets with drops, but again, you know, he had that hurt finger, um, and then he, you know, he responded against Kansas City. Look, he he, he played uh, up to his potential in at the beginning of 2016. He was a great deep threat and started to started to evolve his game, you know, in a short amount of time. Right, we we saw him be a good deep threat against Washington, against Cincinnati, but then very quickly after, he was already becoming better over the middle and better on combat catches and and better in the open field, and and uh, he was evolving his game quickly and he had a ton of potential. Uh, the hand injury, the hamstring injury, 
it, it you know it hindered him for the entire season. Uh, he never could get back uh, on the field and, and be productive. But exciting to see if he can get healthy in 2017 and what he can do. Uh, Darius Hayward Bay, uh, you know, again struggled with injury. He, here's a guy who you know he's a special team guy. Excuse me, he's a, he's a special teams guy. Um, he's a guy who is you know he's probably locked into the roster. Could potentially be locked into the roster just because of how good he is. On special teams, he's a veteran talent on this team. The coaching staff likes him. Um, he adds a good deep threat. Uh, you know, he, he's a very good receiver and someone who you like to see on this roster. Kobe Hamilton returns. Again, like I said, he started last year uh, for most of the season. Uh, he's a combat catch guy. You know, not, not a splashy guy, not a huge guy, or excuse me, not a huge catch guy, but, but came up with, with, uh, with not a big play guy, excuse me, but he came up with big catches at big moments, big third down catches, combat catches. Didn't get a lot of run after catch. Um, he's got to work on that if he's, if he's really going to make this roster. Um, and I think, unfortunately for Kobe, you know, he played well in 2016, but 2017's roster is just too loaded, I think. He's going to be on the outside looking in. And then we have DeMarcus Ayers, a, a rookie uh, last year um, who came in at the end of last year. Here was a guy who coaches were talking about at the end of the year that, that he was doing so well in practice, and then he started to show it on the field. Big catches against Baltimore. Big catches against Cleveland in that game at the end of last year, where a lot of the starters sat out, and and he got he was kind of the, the featured receiver in that game, and certainly came up with some big plays. Had a touchdown in that game. Um, I like his potential. He also has the potential to be a punt returner, and and I think you know when you have a B returning punts still, it's a problem. Um, so someone like an Eli Rogers or Demarcus Ayers has to step up, start returning punts. I think Demarcus Ayers um, has that pedigree from college. And he, if, if he can win the punt return position, it gives him uh, you know, the edge at this position to, to make the roster. I think you know, we only really probably have room for six receivers, right? Um, so it's going to be tough for, for these guys, some of these guys to make this roster when you're talking about only bringing six. If they do bring seven, then you, know, you have a little wiggle room here. But boy, oh boy, with, you know, we're just talking about the returning guys, right? We have A.B., Sammy Coates, Eli Rogers, Darius Hayward Bay. Kobe Hamilton, DeMarcus Harris, that's six right there. That's six returning receivers. And so, um, you know, six guys making the roster, it's going to be tough because, number one, we got to talk about Martavis Bryant, and he is back. He is coming back to the 2017 season. He was conditionally reinstated uh, right before the draft. Uh, or is he? <laughs> you know, the, the NFL uh, has not fully reinstated him, uh, so he is not able to enter into training camp. They, the Steelers uh, were told this right before training camp started. Uh, I think it's incredibly unfair for the NFL to do this to Martavis. Um, here's a guy who's done everything right for the last year, tried to get his life back in order, uh, get himself back uh, on the football team, um, has, has passed every drug test he's taken since, uh, but they won't allow him to practice or play until he's fully reinstated. Um, and, and, you know, the NFL is saying, you know, it's going to be a decision by week, hopefully by week one, right? But uh, more reports are saying it could be as early as a week into camp. So that would be nice if he can get – the sooner he can get back on the practice squad, the sooner him and Ben can work out their rapport um, and he can go back to being the unbelievable talent that he was in 2015. And, look, there's no overstating how ridiculously good he was in 2015. Joe talked about it on our, on, on our season-ending podcast, our season-review podcast. Um, you know, the, the, the highlight tape in 2015 is a lot of Martavis Bryant, a lot of Martavis Bryant. He's a size-speed guy who has just the natural gifts that you cannot teach. Uh, he's a good route runner. He's a great deep threat, um, and, and he just has the physical traits that you, that you want. Um, 
he's he, you know he, if he's gotten his life turned around if, if reports are if the reports of how good in, uh, in shape he is and there's reports that you know he didn't used to like he didn't work out and he wasn't a workout guy before and now he's kind of changed that part of his his life and he's he's working out more and getting got into incredible shape that's encouraging right because one of the big knocks on him in 2015 was that he just wasn't a combat catch guy you know and that if the if if he was in there with a corner um, he wasn't going up and making plays wasn't getting the ball uh wasn't getting those tough catches around corners and safeties. If he can add that to his game, oh boy, I mean, you know, you're talking about a top 15 wide receiver in this league, potentially a top 10 receiver, if he adds that to his game and can be just as good as he was in 2015. Look, taking a year off of football is never good for, for a player, but we saw uh, Le'Veon come back last year after that, you know, after basically taking a year off the year before, um, and, and he came back and was unbelievably good this year, so hopefully Martavis can do the same thing and, um, Boy, oh boy, it would, I mean, you just think about A.B. and Martavis out there, and it, it is just, you know, is it the best wide receiver duo in the league? I would, I would have a hard time thinking of who's, num- who's number two because um, I, I think that they are, they are the number one wide receiver tandem, uh, if healthy and if, if reinstated. Before Martavis was reinstated, though, the Steelers did sign Justin Hunter in free agency. Um, here's a wide receiver who was drafted out of Tennessee by the Tennessee Titans, uh, so a hometown guy, but never really stuck in Tennessee. Never, you know, didn't have a lot of production there. Struggled a lot to even get on the field. Um, you know, never, never really made it, um, and, and kind of bounced around the league since. He's a former second round pick. He's a, like I said, he's a big guy, six four. Um, he's got a ton of talent. Again, another size speed guy. Uh, but he's been on four. This will be this will be his fourth team in five years. You know, he just has not stuck. And so I think the Steelers are really betting with him that. You know, being in this offense, you know, having some of the pressure taken off of him by being around guys like A.B. and Martavis and Sammy Coates and Eli Rogers in that competitive environment, um, but not him not having to be the focal point, you know, can allow him. And, of course, playing with, a, with an elite quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger can really bring out, you know, uh, all the talent that he has. Uh, we'll see if that's the case. I mean, if it is, again, it's just icing on the cake for, for what is a loaded wide receiver position. But um, I think Justin Hunter is probably one of those guys that is more on the outside looking in. He would have to have a great camp in order for him to beat out someone. Um, and really, you know, it would have to be injuries to Sammy Coates or injuries to someone else that would really uh, allow him that time. But look, at the start of camp right now, reports are that Sammy Coates is going into camp injured. Um, he's going to start an active PUP after having a knee scope, and he'll miss a couple weeks, probably up until the first preseason game. So that will, and, and Martavis is not practicing yet, so that will give Justin Hunter some time to see some some probably first-team reps at the outside uh, outside wide receiver position. So excited to see what he can do. And again, you know, if he does make the roster, you still have Martavis Bryant there. You you know, we'll see what Sammy Coates can do. But um, it's exciting to see a guy like Justin Hunter added to this offense because if he can, if the potential is there, again, it's just it's it's unfair. <laughs> uh, and then the the last guy I want to talk about, the, the last addition to this team, um, was a shocker. I think a shocker to everyone who watched the draft was the Steelers in the second round. I personally was was thinking the Steelers, I was like, the Steelers should take Alvin Kamara, running back out of Tennessee. Um, I thought, you know, he's, I thought, I think Kamara is a special talent. Um, and I thought adding him into that backfield with Le'Veon, uh, with, with Alvin Kamara's ability to be shifty, just like Le'Veon and catch the football, made him a great compliment um, with Le'Veon. They can kind of, you know, have to run different offenses and that kind of thing and, and kind of do the same thing with both guys. Um, I mean, and I kept saying as I was watching uh, the the draft with Joe and 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 my brother, um, I, I was saying this is a, this would be a dumb pick, right? It'd be dumb for them to take Kamara because it doesn't make any sense. They already have a great running back in, in Le'Veon Bell, and, and I think Kamara will be a great running back in the future. 
Um, but I just wanted them to add that depth at that position. And the Steelers went in a different direction, what equally probably maybe equally as dumb, but certainly interesting. The Steelers take a wide receiver in the second round, Juju Smith-Schuster out of USC. Uh, holy cow, taking a second-round wide receiver, a guy who will, you know, you take a guy in the second round, that is a guy who will make your roster, right? He is a lock. He is every much, every bit of lock as AB is now. You don't cut second-round receivers. Um, and, whoo, what does this mean now? Uh, where is he going to fit? What position is he going to play? Here's a guy who has good hands. He has good. He's good in the open field. Uh, he's a good blocker. He's getting a lot of uh, comparisons to Heinz Ward. Interesting that they would take this guy. Interesting that they would take this guy, especially considering that they took they took him knowing Martavis was already conditionally reinstated. Um, I mean, it just adds so much depth to this team now. He could compete with Eli Rogers for the slot role. He could probably play the outside as well. I mean, I'm very interested. I'm interested to see where they use him, and I'm excited to see him play both in training camp, but then really play in those preseason games where he's going to get probably a lot of reps um, and see what he can do and where they line him up. Uh, but I think when you look at so you look at now the, the the roster that they've put together at wide receiver and running back, and I think clearly what's happened now is the Steelers have identified a problem with the offense, right? What is the problem with the offense that has happened the last two years, last three years, right? We've had this offense that on paper, I mean, you're, you're talking about the 2000 Rams here, right? I mean, you're talking about the greatest show on turf type of offense, and it really hasn't been, you know, we're looking at an up and down the field type of offense, and it really hasn't been that. It's been that at times. We've had seen... Just glimpses of it. But at the end of seasons, right, at the, at the end of the year, this team's winning games against Cincinnati in the rain and they're struggling to put up points and it's an 18-16 to 16 game. And then they're winning in the next year against, uh, against Kansas City and it's the same kind of deal and they're kicking field goals and not scoring touchdowns, right? And they're just having problems scoring points on a team that should be able to be big, high-flying scoring teams. And you look back at what were the issues you know, in those games. And, and really, you go back three years to the to the Baltimore game where they really struggled to move the ball, to, to keep up, to score points against Baltimore. Um, what were the problems those years, right? The problems were that they didn't have depth at wide receiver. They didn't have enough depth at wide receiver. They didn't have enough depth at running back, right? They continued to have problems where, you know, Le'Veon goes down, D'Angelo goes down, A.B. goes down, um, Sammy Coates goes down, Darius Harry Bay. Well, you know, the list goes on and on of guys who got hurt, Along the way, but it, it ended up at the end of the year where it was just the the war of attrition was over and the Steelers lost. Right when you're when you're going into New England and you only have a B as your you know a receiving threat and maybe Eli Rogers, but then you know Le'Veon goes down, so that really your number two receiver is out of the game. Um, you know it hinders the entire thing you want to do on offense. And you look back two years ago to what happened in in Denver, right? And that team was starting Fitzgerald Toussaint because D'Angelo was hurt and Le'Veon was hurt. Um, you know, A.B. was hurt, so they were starting Martavis. And then Sammy Coates, in his rookie year, saw a catch in that game. Because, again, it was just an, it was an instance where they didn't have enough talent at those positions. Um, to, they didn't have enough depth at those positions. And they were starting guys who really shouldn't have started. Colby Hamilton started against New England. Fitzgerald Toussaint is starting against Denver two years ago. You know, Ben Tate is signed off the, off the street to start at running back in in. Uh, against Baltimore in the playoffs, right? The war of attrition at the skill positions has killed this team at the end of seasons last year, or uh, over the past couple years. And I think the Steelers have said to themselves, we can't have that happen again. We cannot, we have, you know, we have a ton of talent and we just continue, if we just continue adding to that, right, the, the core of this team is quarterback, running back, wide receiver, 
right? We have a great quarterback. We have a great running back. We have a great wide receiver. But once those, you know, we keep talking about, well, the three Bs can't play together. What happened? One of them goes down and we never get to play together. Well, the Steelers thought now is like, what if that didn't matter, right? If we just had, what if we just loaded up at running back and just, we just throw a shit ton of good guys out there, we just throw a shit ton of good, good wide receivers out there, and we just have packages that we can bring out. No matter, you can pick and choose your guys, right? And you love to have Le'Veon healthy because he's, he's a dynamic playmaker. And you'd love to have AB healthy because, again, dynamic playmaker. But you could start to remove some of these guys potentially and add in other guys and not necessarily take the giant drop-off that always seems to happen on this team, right? Because it's not just that one guy goes down. It just seems to be on this team that multiple guys are going down at the end of the year. And, and injuries are a part of football, but depth is just as much a part of football. And that's where the Steelers are, are attacking in 2017 is just having insane depth at the skill positions on offense. Quarterback, maybe not so much, right? We're, you know, you didn't go out there and get Tony Romo to back up Ben Roethlisberger or anything. But, um, but at run, running back and at wide receiver, the Steelers no longer have the problems that they've had in the past couple years. You know, worst comes to worst on this team, and the Steelers are starting Niall Davis at the end of the year, and then their their wide receivers are going to look like you know Martavis and Sammy Coates on the outside with Juju at at wide receiver. I mean, again, the, that's that is a winning position uh, for the Steelers at the end of the year because they have so much depth. I'm I'm super excited to see how the Steelers use their specifically their wide receivers because again I talked about you know there being six guys that are going to make this roster and there are nine guys who should who who all could potentially make this roster I think Kobe Hamilton being the one guy who I could say yeah you're probably not so you have eight guys competing for six roles right A B Sammy Coates Eli Rogers Darius Hayward Bay Demarcus Ayers Martavis Bryant Justin Hunter Juju Smith Schuster right and out of those guys let's just go over it right guys who are not getting cut. AB's not getting cut, Martavis Bryant's not getting cut, Juju Smith-Schuster's not getting cut, and probably Eli Rogers isn't getting cut, right? None of those guys are getting cut. Now, that leaves, that's four guys out of the six. So now, you're, now you have two guys competing. You, you, have, you have two spots open. Is it going to be Justin Hunter? I mean, Sammy Coates is, is, is five, right? You have four guys who probably aren't getting cut, and then you have Sammy Coates, who probably shouldn't get cut, but injuries are a real problem with him. Um, and, and, you know, they've... The, it's just a, it's been a it's been a theme for him over his career that he just cannot stay healthy, um, and if if, if that's going to be the case going into 2017, right? There's just too much talent at this position to keep a guy like Sammy Coates when when that could be at the expense of someone like a Demarcus Ayers or like a Justin Hunter, right? Uh, so or or Darius Hayward Bay, right? I mean, I think Sammy Coates and Darius Hayward Bay are competing for the same role, which is which wide receiver can really contribute on special teams. And DeMarcus Ayer is there too because he can be a good punt returner. But Sammy Coates and Darius Hayward Bay were both good gunners last year on the punt return team or the punt uh, coverage team. And one of those guys is going to fill that role again in 2017. So um, it, it's going to be really interesting to see who makes this roster, how they use them. I think you're probably going to see more five, four wide receiver sets, maybe even five wide receiver sets if you, you consider putting Le'Veon out there as well. I mean, I think they could go empty this year. They're going to go more four wide especially when you look at what they did at tight end by not really adding anyone there. You know, if you're talking about putting out the full, the full strength roster is just insane, right? Because you're talking about a potential if everything goes right, and it never does, but let's just imagine a dream world where it all does go right. Let's live in that world for a minute. You have AB on one side. You have Martavis on the other. You've got Eli Rogers in the slot. You've got Juju Smith-Schuster out there. Or you've got – or put Sammy Coates out there instead of Eli or instead of Juju. I mean the amount of talent – and then you've got Le'Veon run, at running back. The amount of talent out there, the amount of things that this offense can do. And again, when you're going four wide receiver sets, you're putting the defense into a nickel, or excuse me, into the dime. You're taking another linebacker off the field. 
and you're making them put another DB out there. Can you run out of that position, right? Or do we have enough blocking at wide receiver? And Juju Smith-Schuster is a very good blocker. AB can be a good blocker. Do you have enough blocking to run out of that set? Because if you're running against a dime and you're asking Le'Veon to beat DBs off the ball with how shifty he is, absolutely he can do it. Absolutely he can do it. So I'm excited to see what they do there. I think that you know my roster prediction uh, is is something like I think AB makes it, Martavis makes it, Eli makes it, Juju makes it, and then you've got two spots. And I think, you know, unfortunately for Sammy, I think the injuries may actually do him in. And I think Darius Hayward Bay takes that spot for him. And then I really like I, I like Demarcus Ayers. I like what he brings to the table. I think again, here's a guy who can play more of the slot role, so that if if Martavis or AB goes down, potentially you put Juju in that spot into into the outside receiver spot, and then Ayers can go in. Um, you know, Ayers can kind of back up Eli, or if Eli were to go down, you know, Ayers could sp- could could fit in there. Um, I like the the flexibility that that offense gives us, and then you still have Darius Hayward Bay. Um, potentially, if you're going to keep, if the, if the you know if if maybe the Steelers do keep a seventh receiver, which would be insane. Potentially, you do keep, uh, you know, you do keep Sammy Coates. But look, it's it is a it is an embarrassment of riches that this team has. At the at the wide receiver spot, so I'm ex- I'm incredibly excited to see uh, what they do, and then we finish this thing up with uh, tight end and offensive line. I mean, you know, let's start with tight end. Ladarius Green uh, cut early in the off season. Um, the concussions really did him in. Um, it, it was it's sad because here's a guy who the Steelers signed on a big contract, and, and I think they had a lot of they had high hopes for what he could do, um, and, and I think they were right in a lot of ways. I mean, when you looked at the the contributions that he made against Indianapolis, against the Giants, against the Bills. Um, you know, he made big catches in big spots, but he just couldn't stay healthy. He just could not stay healthy. Couldn't, you know, the concussions bothered him coming into the season and he missed a bunch of time coming in. He missed like 10 games and then he, he played for whatever it was, four or five uh, or six, whatever it was. And then, and then he got hurt again and, you know, we could have used him in the playoffs and he wasn't there. Um, and, you know, it just kind of did him in. Uh, in the off season as well, I guess he never really recovered, and and you've had that when he's, when you've had that many concussions that quickly, um, you know potentially it, it is time to to call it quits. Um, it's sad, and I, I think it's a, it's a move the Steelers felt like they had to make. I'm surprised though that the Steelers didn't add a lot of competition at tight end. Right, Jesse James takes over and now as the presumed starter, and without a lot of competition there, you know the one guy who you you, you could watch and potentially could break out or become that guy is Xavier Grimble. He had a couple big catches last year, one against Cincinnati for a, t- a touchdown and one against Baltimore for a touchdown. But again, he's not a guy who's like super explosive or, or brings a ton to the table. Um, I don't think anyone at tight end really does. I think Jesse James is, is good, um, but he, you know, he's, not, you know, he's not Heath Miller and he's, he's not going to be Heath Miller and he's not going to be an explosive tight end in this offense. I think it's – this is – I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting to me that the Steelers did not address tight end at all. I thought – David Njoku in the first round would have been a very good uh, pickup. Uh, the, the Browns actually took him right before we could, so um, that kind of sucked. But uh, I'm, I'm interested that they didn't go any that they didn't do anything at tight end, and that's why I really think that four wide receiver sets is is more likely in, in 2017 um, than some of the the two tight end sets that we saw in, in 2016. I think you know we'll still see the two two tight end sets, but I think we'll see a lot more four wide receiver sets that we didn't see in. In 2016, on the offensive line, no major changes there. Villanueva's contract uh, got done right before camp, and that's awesome. Uh, no drama there. He took a big discount, or, or not a discount, but he gave the Steelers a discount essentially. Um, and that's awesome because Steelers are going to need that money when it comes to giving contracts to like Stefan Tuitt. We talked about 
uh, you know, Ryan Chazier will be coming up in, in, a, in a couple of years. Um, and then we talked about the Le'Veon contract, right? Um, you know, they, they've got some money to give out. And so uh, they, needed, they needed it and Villanueva giving them a, a discount. Kind of had to because of the position he was in as an uh, exclusive rights free agent. But um, they locked him up for a four-year deal. That's awesome. He's a good left tackle. Um, and now they're returning all starters with no drama. Um, they were a great offensive line last year. There's no reason that, that they can't be another great offensive line. They've got a lot of young guys in that on that um, offensive line, and and they've they've got uh, a, who was a rookie last year, Gerald Hawkins, a tackle. Um, they got him healthy, so he can kind of add more depth on that offensive line. And um, look, ultimately, I think if we're talking about the offense as a as a whole here, um, 2016 was all about you know this team kind of coming into their own and really showing that kind of potential, even though they didn't have Martavis. Injuries got in the way and, and kind of decimated the wide receiver position. And, and this team had to transform into becoming much more of a running offense than I think anyone expected them to be coming into the year. Um, everyone has been looking in, looking for that team that just goes up and down the field and, and is, it's super easy to score. It hasn't been that yet, right? It's, we've seen glimmers. We've seen, we've seen hints of that. But look, 2017, man, this is a team that, uh, this is a team that can and should be every bit as explosive as we've expected them to be. Injuries may again get in the way, but I think that they have addressed that at, at running back with, with James Conner and with Niall Davis, and they've certainly addressed that at wide receiver uh, with Juju Smith-Schuster signing Justin Hunter um, and bringing everybody back, uh, just, just having a plethora of talent at every position. I think the sky is the limit for this offense, uh, and, and I just wish, I wish them good health. That's going to do it for Steeler Country this week. Thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, SteelerCountry at gmail.com is the email address. The website is SteelerCountryPodcast.com. I will be back next week to talk about the defense uh, and break down that position by position. And then hopefully in two weeks we'll be breaking down actual NFL games. The NFL is back. The Steelers' first preseason game I believe is August 10th or 11th, uh, one of those two days, against the New York Giants. I could not be more excited to watch some of this offensive this offensive talent, specifically Juju Smith-Schuster. Cannot wait to see him. I'm excited to see what Justin Hunter can do. Of course, I'm I'm hyped to see Martavis Bryant in a uh, in a Steeler uniform again. And then you've got guys like Niall Davis and can he be a good kick returner? James Conner and what he brings and just that 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 big physical presence at running back. DeMarcus Ayers potentially being a punt returner. There's just so much talent on this offense, and it's going to be fun to watch. So thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.